hamster with a blunt penknife would do it quicker. Welcome back to uh, Hamster with a Blunt Penknife, the Doctor Who commentary podcast. After a fabulous episode one, I am still here with Fiona Tomney. Say hello, Fiona. Hello. I'm not going to say hello, Fiona, this time. Do you know what? It does wear thin after a while, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> hello, a... listeners. There we go. I have a question for you. Yes. Classic Who or new who like where what, what what's where's your passion oh well i i've spent a great deal of my life watching classic who because i started watching it um yeah sort of early tom bakers when i was about five or six mm-hmm. but so absolutely passionately loved it watched it right until um the nether years in um the 90s but when when the new series came back it was um it was almost like they they included all the things i loved about the classic series but all the other things that were maybe like a little bit dodgy mm-hmm. so um it was like an enhanced version so yeah but if i had to choose between the two that would be a little bit like choosing a favourite child, Ooh, I think. No, and I would never ask you to do that. Um, no, it's really interesting. It would be a Actually, bit of a choice. You're the first person to say both. Now, I've asked that question to a lot of people, and a lot of people have kind of gone yeah. one way or the other way. And I'm with you. I think like classic is is like my wheelhouse. As in, I spent you know 20 years watching classic Who. But there's yeah. so much good stuff they've done with the new series, right? Like, like they've explored a lot of stuff that they couldn't do in the classic. So certainly, like on a character level, on like a, a personal mm. level. Love with the character stuff, and it's not just because I'm female. A lot of people, when you talk about that, they just say, "Oh, it's just because you're a girl and you love all the lovey dovey, kissy stuff." Um, it's like, no, no, no. It's like it's nice to actually have people sort of fleshed out as mm. characters and and react to circumstances and be able to actually have proper drama and things um I mean, yeah I'm... just like the standard of the writing like the thought that's gone into things and plus the fact mm-hmm. that you you can realize stuff that you couldn't before just thanks to having a better budget um, i um i'm not a girl um I hope you know, uh, but uh, I love all the, I love all the, the lovey dovey. I love the relationship stuff, and um, I yeah, I, I think too. That. But you know, but it, I think it's it's nice to have. I just think that the doctor has to care about the person um, he's traveling with. Like they don't, they have to have a mutual, um, some sort of mutual care factor. So I I can't sort of see. If the doctor really isn't that interest invested in the person he's travelling with, or they don't really like him, it's like, well, why would you? Yeah. I mean, you look at we talked earlier about what Sarah went through. Now, you wouldn't stick around with the doctor if you didn't like him. You wouldn't put up with that. You would be out of there, as you know, as at the at your earliest convenience. I mean, Liz Satan herself think... said, didn't she? Liz Satan said that you know, I, you know, what I went through was hellish. 
like I had to find some kind of motivation as to why I stuck around. Yeah. So the doctor's my best friend and I'll stick with him because I adore him, you know. Yeah, that's right. And later on in um, when they brought her back in school reunion, there was a few things that implied that um, she'd fancied him. Yeah. Um, but I don't buy that at all. She absolutely adored him and he adored her as well. And there's that beautiful scene in The Hand of Fear when they're walking into the nuclear reactor. Oh, yes. And um, Yes. I know which one. And that bit where he thinks it's which when he thinks it's basically exploding, how he the first thing he does is he pulls her down and wraps his arms around, oh, which obviously, yeah. you know, it, it wouldn't do anything to save her life. But it's that whole, well, I'm going to try it anyway because it's okay if I die, but I want to protect Sarah kind of thing. Um, do you remember what they say yeah, to each other you know, as they're walking into the nuclear power plant? And um, she's like, oh, I can't. I worry about you. Yeah, and then he says, but, but I worry about you. Oh, it's so gorgeous. Yeah. yeah, Peter Griffiths actually wrote a little essay about that in one of the Dwim specials, uh -huh. and he basically says that that's as close as they come to basically saying, like, I love you kind of yeah. thing. Um, but, again, it's that whole, like, best friend love, like, you know, you really, really care about this person. So you don't have to have love where people are wanting to get into each other's pants kind of thing. Um, and it's actually, I think it dramatically it's more interesting if it is that more a deep care about somebody. Um, well, I get very confused because, yeah, in when the, you think um, sorry, the sexual it, it, tension. Yeah, yeah. As soon as it's kind of like resolved, a bit like, you know, um, a lot of those sitcoms, as soon as they jump into bed with each other, it's kind of like, well, what, what do we do now, you know? It's kind of like, uh, yeah. Do you remember um, Lois, Lois and Clark, The Adventures of Superman? Did you ever watch that? I didn't watch it, but I, I'm definitely familiar with the it. The second yeah. they fell into a relationship together, that show was over. It was over. Like Yeah, that's it doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and like, like you said there, uh, when they don't get on, you kind of lose that connect with the show because like in the 80s with like the sixth doctor and perry you're like well why do you oh. why do you travel together like it's so confusing yeah it doesn't work and even i found that a little bit with um the doctor and martha like um at the time mm. i didn't really connect with martha because i felt the doctor didn't really want her there yeah didn't He's like, well, I don't really care that much about her. So I just thought, well, if he doesn't care that much about her, why should I? Um, I and it wasn't that freeing um, the terrible uh, actress or anything, but it's just that's what I found. It didn't work just because, um, in, yeah, uh, she was sort of there, but he wasn't really invested in her. In Series 8, I struggled a little bit with Capaldi and Jenna Coleman. Oh, that was just really same. contentious, you know, and I'm like, well, why are you? You're being horrible to each other, it you know? It was a bit like a toxic relationship, yeah, really. Yeah, it really was. It was a little bit, mm, And I'll tell you what, and Fiona, again, and I don't want to watch that. Do you? I don't want to watch that. No. <laughs> Doctor Who. No. Yeah. And, it's, and again, it was like, well, why... You've got a boyfriend, you've got a job, you've got, you know, why are you still even seeing this guy? Mm. You know, like if he's hor nice. so horrible to you. And yet weirdly um, in the classic show, like you said, you said the second they were on screen, you can tell, and they didn't say a word, they adore each other in what they're wearing. They're yeah. all sharing kind of clothes, you know, they're all having fun yeah. together. 
it can be done unspoken, yeah. can't it? Like you don't have to stress it. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, okay. Well, after that small essay on interpersonal relationships in Doctor Who, shall we skip into episode <laughs> two? I think we should. And I am ready to go if you are. Okay, I will press play. I'll tell you what, what why don't you count us in? I'll count us in last time. I... <laughs> so just make sure I don't stuff it up. Okay, <laughs> one, two, three. Oh, hang on, that didn't work. <laughs> okay. Sorry, next back. So we just got the reprisal of this amazing mother. It's the hand on the shoulder. Again, this is the first time we actually see the Zygon properly, isn't it? Because before it was just all the blobby bits. Yeah. And so this is the first time we actually see their face. And, of course, it's it's really scary and horrible. It, it wasn't the design based someone on, like, a, a human fetus? Isn't, isn't that what that was based yeah, on? Yeah. They're almost like a mutant jelly baby as well. <laughs> oh, it's just grisly. But, like, they make it look organic somehow. Like, I don't know yeah. how... Like, this ship is the same. It's sort of everything. What do they say? Organic crystallography. Yeah. Like you underestimate the power of organic crystallography. Do you, do you know yeah, what that it's means? All kind of because I don't have a clue yeah. what organic crystallography means. Do you? No, I think it's. I think it's. Um, Zygons obviously do it. Works for them. It works for them. Oh, do you know what I we think missed the doctor's in, um, in the doctor's of this ratchet here? Yeah. He looks like he doesn't quite believe that face she, because she doesn't really look like the caring kind of nah. nursery type. We missed a bit in the first episode <laughs> where she's saying to Harry, um, don't worry, you're going to be very well cared for. I'm like... <laughs> oh. Like a sideman saying you feel pain anymore. <laughs> <laughs> We're coming up to that bit in a minute, aren't we, where he um, does that bizarre magic trick on Sarah Jane. Yeah, which I actually, I used to feel a bit uncomfortable watching that. I used to be a bit like, oh, that's a bit kind of strange and weird, but. Um... Only Tom Baker could have pulled it off, I'm telling you, with those massive eyes. Oh, only you know. Tom Baker could pull it off. Yeah, and so you can just see the concern here, like, and, and oh, how relieved would you be? Gosh, yeah, and see this brilliant this bit coming up where it's like, it's like, it's at the door, and then they get locked in. I see, only the doctor would be brave enough to look through those blinds, everyone else would be like, Whoa, no I'm getting away, and he's like, Let's find it. Like, what's astonishing about that Zygon costume is I can't see, like, the seams or anything. I can't see where one part starts and one part ends. It just feels like a person. There's only one scene in the fourth episode where you can see, a, like, a bit where the, the top, oh. you kind of see the, the back seam. But otherwise, it's very, very convincing. Will you and point so that out to me, please? Oh, it's, a, it's all organic. You've got the green and red and and yellow lighting. That is the most oh. disgusting-looking computer control console I've ever seen in my life. I know. You... So the doctor later sort of goes and fiddles with it, and I'm like, I wouldn't even want to touch all that. <laughs> like it's, it's 
And he's like, has a good fiddle and pulls around and. Did you yeah. ever watch um, in the late nineties, early two thousands? Did you ever watch Farscape? No, I I I have heard of it, but I never watched it. There was like a living spaceship in Farscape, yeah, and it was done oh. on a, it was it was uh, filmed out in Australia on a massive, a very good budget, and I'm telling you now, yeah. uh, this is a spaceship that's supposed to be alive as well. This looks better than than that spaceship did in Farscape. Like this is more imaginative. I I don't doubt that for a minute. See, Pete, this is another scene where with the scarrison going past <laughs> that people sort of go, oh, the special effects are really bad. Once again, it does not distract from the story. No. Like it does not worry me at all because everything else is so brilliant. But don't you love the fact like, that he goes matter. past? He goes past and sort of <laughs> looks. <laughs> Shut up and sleepy breath. <laughs> that look on his he's like fuck <laughs> it's one of those moments in melodrama where this could be really embarrassing but because they take it so seriously if they pull it yeah, off you know? yeah yeah oh, nice. you, you know that, that they're drinking the milk from the Loch Ness monster that's kind of yeah <laughs> Those shots of I'm this... actually going to look at. Do they, huh? you know, it's not like it's going to just stand still while they go and um, put a little. I don't think we should think. It, we shouldn't think about that, Fiona. We shouldn't be thinking about that. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> like it doesn't come in for a feed every night and, <laughs> and get like a milk, a little milking station. You've got, to look into my eye. you've got two Zygons that are like, oh, I'm on milking duty tonight. Oh, dear. You know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, look at those eyelashes and the blue eyeshadow. I think no matter how scary the Zygons are, they're not as scary as Tom Baker right now. I know. Tom Baker, I realised um, a few years ago, he was actually the first man in my life that I loved who wasn't sort of like my dad or my grandpa. Really? Yeah. So he's almost like, like if if someone said tomorrow, like, oh, Tom Baker's died, it would literally feel like I'd lost a, like a family member because he's just like that much of a part of my whole life. So what was it about him and his doctor then that that was like so comforting? Well, I'm not sure because he's still, and I'll get that now watching him, he's still like quite t scary at times. <laughs> like he's not someone that you, like he's not like a Matt Smith, he can be like a little bit cuddly and mm -hmm. um, like you can't imagine sort of, like Tom sort of like with Sarah, like they're very like, he's very much cares about her. But, yeah, he's also a little bit, like, a few times she does do the whole step back and go, whoa, you know. Um, she recognises that she's not quite on the same page as him, that he is different and, you know what's, yeah. You know what's strange, right? What you said there about um, if Tom Baker died, that you would feel, like, you know, immense grief for that reason. Yeah, um, absolutely. When Sarah when Sarah Jane, when Elizabeth Sladen passed, I adored Elizabeth Sladen. Like from the first second I watched oh. her, age like five or whatever it was, and mm. nobody in my life had passed at that point. Um, so that was like the first genuine stab of grief that, that I had. Was. 
and I was devastated for like two or three days. I, I it was, yeah, it was. I don't think we should ever kind of underestimate the impact that our childhood heroes have had on our lives. Yeah, well, I actually rang up my I rang up my mum when I got the news because I was so upset. And then um, my friend um, Pete McTie actually rang me from the UK because again, like he was really upset. But it's one something that if you're not a fan, nobody would really understand why you would yeah. be so upset. I was with friends so was, that night. Um, I had I had friends coming over. And the news hit and they turned up about 10 minutes later. And so I was hosting a night and had to be on. Oh. And I was so devastated. Um, and like halfway through the night, I, I basically I broke down and my partner came home uh, and he worked like an hour's drive away from where we live just to sort of uh, comfort me. It was it was it was staggering. Yeah. And then also, too, like there's just there was that whole new oh, the poor brings asleep. Um the outpouring of grief from all the children oh, who had my. discovered her through the Sarah Jane yeah. adventures. Oh, this poor little soldier. Look at him, sweet little boy. And he's about to get squashed. Can I make a confession about the, the Scarasan? Yeah. I really love, like, Harryhausen style effects. And so I think this, obviously it's dated, but I, I really love the fact that they had a stab, you know? Yeah, yeah. And like there was all, oh, don't step on the, oh, the cat just jumped. I sort of <laughs> thought he, she might connect us. Um, yeah, like just that whole on the moors with all the mist. And mm. I mean, that that is a scary shot. And all that, and that bellowing sound, it sort of almost sounds like they've got a lion's roar and kind of slightly slowed it down. But I mean, like you know, it is, it's scary. You know what they put inside, like it's, it's a, uh, a dog's jaw isn't it that they put inside yeah the... I think it looks something like it looks like it could be but yeah. um i, I don't see even... these doors these slidey doors in the spaceship uh -huh. now, i always found that it's really scary and that sound effect that goes with the <laughs> you know and, and how they've always got like that hand controller and the hand controller is a little bit scary too it's sort of glowy or blobby and you have to put your hand on it can I just say your sound effects are incredible? Okay. But <laughs> <laughs> like the other the other Tom Baker story that's got sliding doors that used to terrify me as a kid, and you're gonna not oh, believe no. this at all, is the android invasion. And it's actually like not in a spaceship, but the ones that are actually in the unit headquarters. That's sort oh, of no. not the unit headquarters. <laughs> where they go, yeah. yeah, and it's kind of like Oh, they're not quite as they should be. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that used to really scare me. I fear this may be the first case of sliding door phobia on record, you know. Sliding door phobia. <laughs> <laughs> John oh, Woodner giving the dual performance as the Duke and Broton. I mean, it's, it, that's oh. Bravara, right? It is incredible. He's really good. And I love the way that Broton has a Scottish accent as well, just because he's been in for so long. Go and go and, and milk. the way he talks to the doctor, and like he's almost. And I love it too when the when they have like the Duke, 
who's basically the Duque's Broton, and how he delivers some of his lines. Like he's just got this ironic kind of humour where he's talking to the doctor, you know, just going, well, <laughs> well, doctor. <laughs> I think he's enjoying himself on the earth, you know, Broton. Oh, brilliant. But the doctor has he's that marvellous line of, oh, wait, you see these things here, the, the yeah. things that come down over their heads. So on the special features, um, the design man said like they wanted to have them made, like really specially made. And the fella came back with a quote saying, well, these are going to cost like um, 700 pounds a piece. And he's like, oh, he said, well, we need five of them. And our entire budget for the show for the four episodes is 500 pounds. So that's what they got <laughs> instead. But that's why I mentioned. Well, maybe. But it's worth mentioning because what they do with no money is is marvelous. I know because they look really good, don't they? I think what you said earlier as well about the lighting. I think the good lighting mm. really helps. Yeah, because you've got the the atmospheric lighting in the spaceship mm -hmm. but then when they're actually on location around the village because it's all gray and wintry and miserable it just looks like there's no happiness in yeah. the whole village <laughs> like it, yeah, nothing nothing joyous will happen oh, kind of thing. no happiness you have been to britain right <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm joking. But you can't imagine that there's going to be some, you know, a family just out walking their dog or something no. like that. It's all kind of bleak and miserable. Hey, imagine a Scottish <laughs> family out walking their dog and the Scarisand comes along and steps on them. I mean, that's a bad day, isn't it? <laughs> oh, the Brigadier here where he's like, I was not asleep. Oh, yeah. Well, I wasn't asleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, they love the Brigadier. They do. They love him. Like, do you see the way Liz Sladen's looking at Nick Courtney? She's looking at him like, I love working with you. And you saw that again yeah. in the Sarah Jane Adventures when he appeared on that. Mm. Oh, my. What's happened to the man under that sheet? Uh, I think he's been pulverised, so it's probably good that we didn't get to see. So, yeah... Oh my! You I don't know, know how they they get anybody to join unit because they never really seem to get past the rank of corporal, do they? Before well, no, and you know if you happen. if you survive your first year, it's a it's a miracle. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what's coming yeah. up, Fiona? That the sequence I was talking about earlier was Harry in the barn. Ooh. Ooh. That's a, and it's a testament to Ian Marta in a minute of how like compellingly scary he is. Yeah, see, there's no, there's no pretense that he's going. Oh, hi, I'm Harry. You know, it's just he's just in there being evil Harry right from the start. You know, and he sh like he shoves her as well, and the look on his face—it's so not Harry. What, like you mentioned the story just, earlier. Yeah. Um, you mentioned the android invasion, and do you remember Sarah in that where she's she's an evil duplicate and she's kind of going, oh, oh, yeah. you know, winking at the audience. There's none of that here, is there? No. Oh, see, they so poor Sarah's comes out, so she rustles up some unit soldiers who are just kind of hanging, hanging out around. having a ciggy, but. 
when they says go speed up they all run off and leave her on her own you think that she would one of them with a gun would actually go and protect poor lovely liz sladen but no they leave her off on her own and they run off in a group and then of course she then finds where he is which just happens to be a darkened yeah, location yeah which is like scariest place ever like a I mean, if you were in Australia, you'd be scared that you were going to step on a snake as you oh went up God. into that. Hay. I think this is one of the <laughs> one of the few reasons why I've never come to Australia is because I just can't handle snakes. Spiders, <laughs> I'm fine. Snakes, no way. She survives the Zygon and gets bitten by a snake. <laughs> you see the sort of the houses here, like the cobbled houses and things. Yeah, that, that is that is very typically old town Scottish. Yeah. I'll tell you what, she's fit, Liz Sladen. She, she's done a lot of running. She sure has. Oh, my. I can't. I don't know. I'm not sure if I can watch this sequence. Well, it's, it's, the... it's filmed so well, though, isn't it? It's so convincing that like, the direction on it, like, even like the reaction shots. There's a there's and one there bit. She's not that vulnerable, but like really scared that, oh, I'm going to go and check it out anyway. But you can see that she's going on this i'm not expecting this to be good i have Ooh, this weird Harry. weird phobia right of um being like in a dark place and someone staring out at me like that and so that really taps Ooh. into this for me see that shot of her just looking up at this haystack is gorgeous then she's gonna go up this don't no no, that's the last thing I'd be doing. I'd be going and getting one of those unit soldiers with the gun right. right now. I would not be climbing up that ladder. Uh, what I think makes this so effective in a minute is um, it's done from our POV. So so we're looking yeah. through Sarah's eye and it's coming at us, you know. Oh, Sarah, run away. Ooh. But her, the shot of her face in a minute. Yeah, look, like how could you be more scared? And just think, you, you know, be more terrified than that. I was seven when I saw oh. this, and you were much older. Like, no. <laughs> but someone said that you can sort of see the Zygon impaled on, but you can't. It's just lying on the floor. Yeah. There, there was a what? This thing going that with, you could see it impaled, and they thought, oh, that's too graphic. But you, it's just lying on the floor, going. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, do you know what? I was just going to ask you to do the sound effect of him on the floor, and you got there ahead of me. Thank you. That that's a like. <laughs> yes, we're very strange. And I love the Zygons panicking, going. Quick, oh, <laughs> get rid of the body! Get rid of the body! And they're all kind of like panicking, going. Ah! The Doctor Who sound effects podcast <laughs> coming to you taking, soon. <laughs> taking the knobs, vibrate the knobs a bit faster. <laughs> Oh my god. Honestly, you could do a sound effects album, you know. Honestly. <laughs> yeah, this You do know I'm one of the rare people who likes Malcolm Clark's um Sea Devils. I do as well. Theme. Oh my yeah. god, we're bonded. Like you know, like the um <laughs> the bit where it's like <laughs> although actually you bring up a good point there though um this is a very atypical doctor who musical score isn't it this story yeah he only did two he did this and seeds of doom and it's super and they're both 
and they're both stories that I love for similar reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I do Ooh. like Dudley Simpson's music. I do a lot, but when they shake it up a bit, like Malcolm Clark, like Jeffrey Bergen, the the results are often quite interesting. Yeah. Oh man, I am in and love. See, I, I like, I like that. Oh yes, Sabak. <laughs> <laughs> We're about oh, to. Oh, see this thing, this thing. This really scared me as a child. This whole looking, the fact that they were watching through the screen, and when you see that it's the eye. Because um, as a kid, you always think those stuffed heads are a little bit creepy anyway. Like, it's yeah. Creepy. Yeah. Um, doesn't the eye move? And that one does. In, in the deer head, doesn't yeah, it when move? Oh, yeah. Oh, see that? Look how gorgeous she is. So he said earlier that that, that, that thing yeah. was emitting a primeval mating call. So the Scarrison basically yes. wants to have sex with that thing. Yeah. But but, he... but it, mu it must have it must have to be producing like milk. It must have, you know, had a baby Scarrison at some point. Oh my word! So there might be, a, there might be another little monster. Well, okay. So I need to tell you, I did um, Canine and Company with uh, Pete Lambert recently. And we said that yeah. in, in Canine and Company Series 1, we're going to do a story where a mini Scarasan comes up out of the Morton Harwood Lake and attacks the village. So that could be that one you just well, mentioned. See, that's the one. See, it's it's feasible. You have a backstory for the, for the mini Scarasan. Yeah. Because they had to keep making sure that it reproduced so that they, they could keep up their supply of lactic fluid. I Okay, and so, one of these, on, someone forgot to fill up the car before, well, after they drove it, they took it on a spin, were too lazy to put fuel in it afterwards. There's always somebody who does that in a pulled vehicle. As a result, poor Tom Baker now has got to run across the moors being chased by a model. Yeah. But see, Tom's pretty fit too. Mm. Well, that's yeah. why they didn't need Ian Martha, wasn't it? They figured that it might be an no, old doctor. We, yeah. It's um, and he can play cricket. It's about to reveal itself in its full glory in a second, and I'm here for this. <laughs> oh, yes, uh, <laughs> uh, he's lucky he didn't break his ankle. Like, you know, later earlier he broke a collarbone, um, in Dartmoor. But, um, I've actually I've been to Dartmoor, I've been there. Um, but yeah, like running across. This more is lucky he didn't break an ankle. It's um, you Still know what? Those... I think they make a good effort though to try and make it look like that creature is really there in a minute because they do some really yeah. really high shots and then they put the model as if he's coming down over the doctor. It's not perfect. I love this bit where he's got the thing. I was like, what is he saying? Because it sounds like he's yeah. <laughs> I think he says. I think he says <laughs> you, you filthy. Yeah, you filthy thing. Yeah, but, but I love how he does that kind of growly kind of voice. Oh, wait. So does that mean right now the Scarrison wants to have the Doctor? Oh, let's not go there. 
Imagine that thing coming after you, horny. I mean, come on. <laughs> oh, dear. oh, so the Brigadier says here, doesn't he? Um, it's close he to. He doesn't have, the Brigadier doesn't have Google Maps, obviously. No, bit before his time. The, the old fashioned with the compass and. Do you like that, though? Do you like the fact that they will put like mythology into Doctor Who, like Loch Ness Monster? Yeah, I think it works. It's dumb. Because it's never it's never really said whether it is the monster or whether it's just something. So it's still left quite ambiguous. It's never actually said that there is a Loch Ness monster. It's just there's a Scarrison. Well, it's one so of, it's, it's one of two, it isn't it? Because in um, Time Lash as well, they suggest that the Borad has been thrown back to Scotland and ended up in Loch Ness. Yeah, and everyone was like, oh, you can't do that. You've destroyed continuity. Okay, look, you said earlier, yeah, that this was a, a, a bit of a lesser cliffhanger. I thought that was marvellous. You know? No, this isn't the one I'm actually talking about. Oh, which one are you talking about? No, oh. it's, it's the next one where the spaceship just flies off yeah, and everyone yeah. goes, oh, they're gone. <laughs> It's more of a pause in the action, isn't it, rather than um, a cliffhanger. Yeah, it's that kind of end of episode three. But where it should have been the cliffhanger is the bit where the Doctor goes back into the spaceship and then you hear that blood-curdling scream and then the Zygons come out. Yes, it is, and it's real, like a, ah! It? Yeah, it's, like it's a, really scary. That would have been a terrific cliffhanger. God damn them. <laughs> 